What's up, guys? We have a brand new interview, the first time ever on Skype with a friend of the show. That's right, a guy who's been on here multiple times. It's with Robbie Baker of the local CVS uh, news station here, WKRG. He is one of their sports anchors at the station, and he's going to have – We we it was a great interview, and he's got a lot of stuff to talk about, including life as a sportscaster through the pandemic of the coronavirus. So without further ado, let's just get on into it. On the show tonight, we've got every night was a battle. You can lock this in, take it to the bank. No class at all. It's unbelievable. They should see a, a, a relatively quick turnaround. Show me the money. Big water slide, snow cone truck and everything. One team stands alone. Well, you know what I think about Troy. I'm losing my mind over here. We've got the moment you've all been waiting for. Of course. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is week two of the video podcast, and, and we have a guest for the first time. And, and not a first-timer, but he was one of our first guests on the show, Mr. Robbie Baker himself. Robbie, thank you so much for coming in tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I didn't know I was one of the first guests. This is exciting. You were, you video-wise, you are the first guest. But you it's were back, way back like a year and a half ago. You were, I think, one of our first like guests we brought in. Oh, the show. I want to wow. say Col- or Scott was number one, and then Robbie's number two. So, yes. blazing yes. a lot of trails, honestly. Yes, yes. So, I feel like I was a part of something. <laughs> so, with that, obviously, that was like a year and a half ago. There's been a lot of stuff that has happened in Mobile over the last year and a half. We've had a lot of things happen. But, Robbie, for, for you, I guess, coming to Mobile... You obviously came from a pretty big school in Arizona State. It's a Power 5 school. I mean, just the luxuries, I mean, everything that comes with a Power 5 school. (laughs) What did you expect when you were coming to Mobile, Alabama, and you hear of this school called South Alabama? What were your expectations? Uh, I was excited coming down here to cover the uh, South Alabama program. Uh, I know at ASU, uh, they're not quite the level of the Pac-12 as the SECs and things like that, but there's not as much access to players. There's certain days that certain position groups talk and you don't maybe all the time have access to freshmen and things like that. Usually ASU was very good, uh, you know, about ac- giving access to all their athletes, but it's, it's a larger profile program and a larger profile conference. So, you know, there are certain restrictions that come with that. So I was excited to come down here to cover the Sun Belt, to cover South Alabama and assuming that I would get more access to players and to be able to tell more stories, which I have been over the past uh, couple of years. And I'm excited to see where this program and this conference is going. If I'm right, I believe uh, Thomas Gleaton, who I see on the left of my computer screen, broke some news recently about a new Sunbelt logo, which is very exciting. Is that, is that true, Thomas, that I'm, I'm correct? I, here? I'd like to say I, I broke it, but uh, it wasn't me. We um, just... Alyssa and I went over to the uh, practice facility and happened to see the logo that was leaked actually be on the field. But, um, yeah, through uh, that and then our sister blog, The Trojan Wall, uh, one of our writers over there was like, hey, is this really happening? And someone at Troy was like, uh, actually, yeah. So, so there you go. It's a we're team doing, effort. We're all breaking news here. That's what we are here on the bench. Boys. It's, it's a breaking news. Uh, that's why I came on the podcast 
uh, from a year and a half ago to now, I was like, wow, this is a really breaking news source. I want to be a part of this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I got to ask, like, first of all, I mean, you talked about you get to cover Sunbelt School. Did you know what hashtag fun belt really meant? When, did you oh, know what get out of here, man. I knew you got Wednesday night maxion. You got the fun belt. I was all in, man. I was excited. And honestly, like the first year, uh, I know every year except for this coming season, I guess, the Battle for the Belt game has been played on an odd day, like a Wednesday or a Thursday. And I've sent pictures to my friends of like selfies of like, hey, on the sidelines, get ready for some Thursday night fun belt action or whatever. Because everybody knows it. And then that's how you got to build a brand in college football. I remember uh, probably like five or six or seven years ago reading about how Louisville always played games on Wednesdays and Thursdays and weird games or weird nights so that they could get on national television to, to make money for their athletic department to pay for stadium upgrades and things like that. And I'm, I'm 100% on board with the, the fun belt, the maction, all that kind of stuff because, I mean, we all – be honest i mean sundays get crowded even now friday nights with high school and some friday night uh power five uh, schools and stuff it gets crowded i'm all on board with the wednesday night the weird i think didn't the mac maybe even play some tuesday night games this year i mean I, i'm all 100 on board with that stuff does it live up to the pac-12 after dark see that well that's an for a question though because <laughs> fun belt in in it, Fun Belt is different because Patch After Dark happens literally at like well, our time. It's like one or two in the morning. And it's like people are flipping. I'm, I'm watching it because I, I care about it being from Arizona State. Most people here are maybe coming back from Dolphin Street or something, or they're just flipping through the channels and it's two in the morning and they're like, well, what's going on here? So it's literally, it's like an insomnia haze here. On the West Coast, it's a real thing. Uh, Patrol After Dark, it, it, it lives up to its billing. <laughs> so when you came here, obviously, when you heard about South Alabama, they played at a stadium off campus. What was your first thought about an off-campus stadium? And then when you finally went to LAD, what, did it meet your expectations? What was your, I, I guess, what was your first uh, impression of LAD peoples and what's, where South was playing? It's interesting because uh, growing up when I was younger, my parents went to Pitt. I'm originally from Pittsburgh. And so the Panthers of Pitt play at Heinz Field right now. That's all I ever knew. They used to have Pitt uh, Stadium on the campus, but it, they tore it down. And they play now at Heinz Field where the Steelers play. So when I was younger and we would go to games, we, I would go to Heinz Field and Steeler, see Steelers games and Panthers games. So I was kind of somewhat, I guess you could say, used to seeing games in an off-campus stadium but then going to asu and seeing uh the draw of students to come to an on-campus stadium the tailgate atmosphere the more kind of college atmosphere i guess you will of a game kind of got used to that and then coming here now to go to the games at lad you still have some of you know some of that i guess if you will you still have the tailgates you still have a student section the band there's still a college atmosphere but I will admit there was something missing from being an on-campus stadium. And I think anyone would agree with that. It's not on campus. It's different to have to take a bus or have to take an Uber or something down, you know, you guys know from airport Boulevard, it's maybe five or 10 miles. It could be 30 minutes down the street then because of stoplights down to a game. Mm -hmm. So it was a little different atmosphere, but still a good one, still a college, you know, atmosphere nonetheless. And especially when 
you know, Troy came up for their rivalry games and things like that. When they bring buses up, it's a great stadium for football, whether it be college or the senior bowl, but it was missing maybe a little, little something for being on campus. And you just have that extra flair, if you will. Definitely. Definitely. So for you, you know, you've been here, you've been in this market for almost three years now, right? It's about three years. Um, Three years. Time flies, man. Oh man. So in the, I'm going to be an old man soon. (laughs) You are, we are all getting old. I can tell you that. Uh, (laughs) All three of us almost married, by the way. Um, that that ages all of us. Uh, so, um, but in your in your three years, I guess here, what have you seen? I guess I, I, the the South Alabama program, particularly the football program. I know I know their basketball program has done a lot at, with you know with Richie Riley and and just their come up. But the football program, what do you like of the three years you've been here? What do you, how can you kind of talk about their progression in your eyes of what you've seen? The first year I came was the last year of Joey Jones, and that was a year that I, I think a lot of people had very high expectations for the program with Dallas Drake, a quarterback, and there was a lot of, a lot of momentum building for them. And it, it didn't quite go as planned, but, but even midway through the season, people, they were still in a position to make a bowl game. They were still in a position to maybe go 7-5, and 6-6, six and six and get to another bowl game. And... I believe it was Georgia Southern that year that they lost like 52 to six or some, some crazy scoreline and going into Alyssa sitting right here next. She's like, yep. It was the first shutout in program history. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Georgia Southern, if I remember right at the time had not won a game going into it. Right. Yes. I guess. Yeah. They were winless going into that game. They were like, Oh, and nine and they beat South like 52 to nothing or something. It it was, I mean, by all accounts, it was a terrible game. I remember going on, air that night on WKRG and just saying this is probably the end for Joey Jones not be and I love working with Joey Jones and yeah. you know interviewing and he was always so great with the media but I just remember going on air that night and saying it just seems like this program it, they need something fresh because they were at a position to maybe win out their last two or three games go to a bowl game in a performance like that it, it showed that maybe they needed something fresh so then they bring in Steve Campbell the next year. And the first couple years now have not maybe gone as people had hoped. But I think a lot of fans are still holding out that they're moving into the new stadium. I think people can, a lot of people would agree that recruiting has improved and gone well under Campbell. We just haven't seen it come to fruition because this is maybe the first year that is mostly his guys and uh, be a new quarterback presumably again this year that would be a Steve Campbell guy and so I think that this is when you judge a group of five program compared to a power five program you have to look at it a little differently and now in the third year other under Steve Campbell I think this will be the first year now that we can honestly judge if this program is now going in the right direction under this new regime if you will I agree with you because it just with his first year, it was obviously year zero. But then the next year, just the way that the schedules were so hard, and we've talked about this before too, it just seems like he keeps getting a restart. And, I mean, that's just the way that this program is headed. And now with the new stadium, it's yet another year zero for him to get a clean slate. Um, I think that may be what is irritating some parts of the fan base a little bit, but... I think you're right. It's it's just him 
getting another chance this year with the resources that he has uh, to, to really just lay a better foundation. And, and I, I think it's twofold. I think one, this really is the first year with mostly his guys. A lot of the guys he maybe recruited two years ago as freshmen or even, uh, well, I guess Juco transfers probably would have been out by now, but as freshmen, they're sophomores or so now. And this is another round of, he's talked a lot about a Juco quarterback he's brought in with some championship at junior college level pedigree. Um, and obviously Desmond Trotter showed well at the end of last year and there'll be a competition there. Um, and then on the other side of that, like you mentioned, Thomas, the new stadium, he's been able to still keep guys in mobile that maybe previous staffs may not have potentially like a Colin Lacey from Faith Academy, like a Keyshawn Woodyard from UMS Wright, whether it's the new stadium, whether it's the momentum that he's selling, that they're building, something is resonating with these recruits where obviously South Alabama is not going to get five-star recruits. Nothing against South Alabama. It's just they're competing against Auburn and they're competing against uh, Alabama, obviously. And right now they're competing against UAB, who has become a power in the group of five. So to keep a guy like Colin Lacey and to keep, keep a guy like Keyshawn Woodyard at South Alabama, to me, speaks volumes for what uh, Coach Campbell and South Alabama as a program is doing right now. Yeah, I think I think Colin Lacey and, and Keyshawn Woodward were some of their two of their highest recruits that they've gotten under under uh, Campbell since he's been here. And both of those both come from pretty good programs in Faith Academy and UMS Wright out of Mobile. So, yeah, that's definitely, definitely saying something. Um, what what have you seen of of? I guess the because there's a lot of a lot of people that are ready to already hit, you know, the reset button on this entire coaching staff. I mean, you're like what I know you kind of alluded to it earlier that, you know, you can't judge group of fives by power fives. And I think a lot of people do that in Alabama because they think of Auburn and Alabama. They expect the change here. But what can you tell people that? I mean, there's been flashes. I mean, you, we've seen it, but. For him, is is this really, a, is this the year? Is this a do or die year in your eyes, or or do, does he? Do you think he has some more time? It's unfair to compare them against Alabama and Auburn, obviously, because it's that'd be the Sun Belt compared to the SEC. I do think it's fair to compare them against UAB right now in the Conference USA to the Sun Belt. It's a fairly similar comparison, Group of Five school, and obviously U, UAB under Bill Clark has seen a lot of success in the past couple of years. Obviously they won the, the conference USA uh, two years ago. I think this is a big year. I don't know if it's make or break, if you will, because it's the first year in the new stadium. It's one of the, it's the first year really of Steve Campbell's guys. I don't know if this is make or break for him, but I can tell you that I don't think this program can go two and 10 again this year and still be able to sell. They're moving in the right direction. If you will, I think this team needs to win at least, four or five games be on the cusp of bowl eligibility give the city of mobile a team that is a winner enough that keeps the city interested in in if that makes sense give them a, a team that is competitive and wins enough games to keep them in it to the end of the sunbelt schedule even just to bowl eligibility i think that would be big for this uh, this coaching staff yeah, I think it's a pretty big year. I mean, they they have what like four or five Saturday games that they've 
if you look at all of them, they have UAB at home. They have Troy at home. They've got Grambling. I think it's Grambling State at home or something like that. Grambling, I believe, is supposed to be the home, assuming oh, the construction goes the way it is with everything that's going on right now. I believe Grambling is supposed to be their home opener. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and they're going to bring – that. I mean, that's that's a HBCU. They're going to bring a lot of fans to begin with. They Those mm-hmm. schools, they travel very, very well. And so the, I think they've set it up well, the fact that they're going to have really good numbers this first year, just all of the home teams that they get. I think it really boils down to how they play on the field. I mean, they, they can't be losing. They're going to beat Grambling. That's, that's a, that's a, that should be a given at this point. But the UAB and the Troy game, especially because they're early – that could that could set an entire season, I think, set a tone for the entire season. They they have Florida in there in the middle of that, but <laughs> there's there's that, that's a little. Yeah, I'm not sure many people expect South Alabama. Oh, but I mean, I should right. say this with context. They went to Starkville, I guess it was four years ago now, and beat yeah. uh, Mississippi State. So nothing is out of the question. But I don't think it would be unfair to say that I I don't think many South Alabama fans expect the Jags to go to Gainesville and beat Florida in the swamp week two or three of next year. Yeah. Assuming the season starts on time and all that jazz as well. Well, you know, you're talking about, you know, all the stuff that's happening. Obviously we're in the middle of coronavirus going on here. It's obviously had a huge effect on collegiate athletics, even here down in mobile. We've experienced all, I mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere. If you haven't been touched by this, you are in a rarity at this point in the world. Uh, but for for you as a sportscaster, what do you think it's done to? I mean, South has a lot of things going on right now on campus. Has how do, how do you think that plays into a school trying to develop, trying to progress, trying to build a brand new stadium? I, I think it's interesting for South Alabama in terms of just logistics. I mean, they're they're in the middle of construction. Well, I wouldn't say in the middle. They're probably in the third quarter of their uh, construction of their on-campus stadium, which by all accounts, every time we've talked to Joel Erdman, their athletic director, he said they're on budget and on time. And that was before the pandemic, which is not something you plan for. So uh, not sure if that is still the case at the time this will air, but for our sake, we hope it is that they are still on time and on budget. Um, but I think for just in terms of sports casting, it has been, interesting the last couple of weeks two or three weeks since this all happened because there are no sports i mean there is it i mean I, it's become uh reporting on, on sometimes virtual nascar races the i racing or the nba 2k tournaments that are be, being broadcast by espn right now because there are no live sports to show uh, at the time we're recording this it was supposed to be the national championship game tonight for the ncaa tournament in if that was the case, I wouldn't be here talking with you guys because I would be at work uh, re- reporting on that. So it is it is a new normal for sports reporters everywhere and sports journalists because we're all just – I don't want to say we're making stuff up because we're still reporting on stuff, but it's it's different. It, it, we're not reporting on the normal final scores. It's uh, a different sort of storytelling that we're doing right now. You know, and, and I mean, Mobile – I'm not saying Mobile is a tiny market. There's a lot of high schools. I mean, but, but there it goes again – there's all of your 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 products. I mean, there's where you can go find all your stories. So, yeah, we might not be in Atlanta or anything like that, but it, for you, I mean, did you ever think when you got into this business that all of your content would literally be gone in a matter of, what, 72 hours? 
uh, if I did, I probably wouldn't have gotten into this business because that doesn't sound like a very good thing to go into. No, no, no. Um, I will. So I guess I should I should sum it up this way. Uh, I guess it's Sunday or Monday. iPhone the iPhone tells you your screen time or how much you've used the phone over the last week. And I got a notification this Sunday or Monday when I woke up that my screen time had increased like twenty seven percent over the last week. And my first reaction was, wow, I've used my phone a lot more. I should reevaluate my life. But I also realized that that's, that's my job now. Like I do all my interviews are five to 10 to 15 minutes on FaceTime or phone interviews. And then I edit those videos, videos on my phone and I send them in. So it's kind of, you know, in the last two to three weeks, my whole workflow has shifted now to mobile and how I use that stuff now. So uh, everything that has happened now has kind of uh, kind of flipped my normal workflow on its head, and I think that's probably the same for everybody. You know, you like I was just I just saw one of your latest stories with a, a high school recruit that just committed to TCU. What was that like? You know, I mean, just I mean, just a normal interview that normally you'd be out at a school or or doing something, you know, out there with the kid on the field. You're doing it through a phone. What what has that process been like? Of just trying to line up people and, and asking, normally you're just asking for an interview. Now you got to ask, Hey, do you have FaceTime? Like, Hey, do you have <laughs> Skype? Like what's, what's that process been like? It's been interesting. I mean, it's, it's, I think a lot of it goes back to uh, journalistic roots, things you, you learn in journalism school that I think a lot of us maybe take for granted now that you got to make phone calls now. I mean, I, I've you honestly use my phone more for phone calls now in the last three weeks than I probably have since I've ever had a cell phone. And uh, th like you mentioned, setting up an interview with Trent Battle of Daphne, uh, who just committed to TCU, this was a little different because I didn't have his phone number. I just sent him a tweet and just said, hey, if you'd be interested in doing a, don't laugh, Colin, okay? This is a real way to do journalism, okay? Hey, I I'm going to say this right now. That's half, that's literally about, what, 70% of how we get our guys to come on? We literally, <laughs> like, I don't know else how to do it. <laughs> but literally, I no tweeted, because usually, and I probably could have called uh, Daphne's head coach and probably could have got him to give me his contact, but things are so different right now. I, I wasn't sure I wanted to bother their athletic director right now because I know he's probably dealing with administrative things and so many teachers are, are dealing with learning how to do online classes. So I thought, well, this is a different circumstances. Maybe I'll just send a tweet to this recruit and this athlete. He sent me an email back right away, said that we could set up a time uh, at the, well, we're recording this on a Monday. So on a Monday to record the interview and, and I did another FaceTime interview with him and did it, uh, put together a story. And honestly, my life for the past two and a half, three weeks has been nothing but FaceTime. And I've, I've never made so many phone interview graphics in my life. This is that's that in in uh, FaceTime interviews and trying to do the blur effect in the background to make it work better for TV. That has become my life now. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, that it, I mean, that should show y'all and everyone that's that's viewing this interview just a glimpse, I guess, of. <laughs> What sports reporters have to go through on a daily basis, everyone in the news business is going through different, you know, challenges where you're working from home, you're, you know, you're, you're producing different newscasts of to totally different TV television stations and just so on. I mean, it's, it's changed the way we have to work. So, uh, well, Robbie, thank you for, for coming in tonight and, you know, talking to us for a little bit, showing us a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that 
I mean, sports reporters, I, I know, I mean, you and me, we both know a whole lot of different sports reporters in different markets. Some of them got moved to news. Some of them are having to be creative like you that uh, to, to, to con- continue putting out stories some type of way, basically, in the words yeah. of, what is that, Rich Homie Kwan? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, it's just, it, it's, it's been really nice to, to kind of see it, and, and hopefully all the viewers kind of notice the, the challenges that, that we're going through. So, Robbie, again, it was great having you back on the show. Last time, I think we had you in person in our old studio, which was uh, Arlington. Your old apartment, right? <laughs> the old apartment. Yeah. Uh, so now we get to do it this way. Much easier. Uh, but yeah, but we thank you so much for, for coming on the show tonight. Well, I just want to say thank you guys for having me. And obviously, it's, it is a struggle of sorts for now for us sports journalists and even in the news to be able to find stories to tell just because we can't go out in our normal way of doing things. A lot of it is by phone and by FaceTime and things like that. But also, thank you to all of the first responders and all the nurses and all the people that are on the front lines fighting this stuff because. It is one thing to for us to talk about sports and do what you guys are doing right now and to give people sports content, even in this time where there are no sports really going on. It is a, a levity in this heavy time that we are in right now. So I thank you guys for doing what you guys are doing as well because I think this is what sports fans kind of need right now to take their mind maybe off, even if it's just for 15 or 20 minutes of what is going on in the world around them. Definitely. I mean, I, I, that, you, I can't say it any better, basically. Thomas, can you top that? I, I can't. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's why they pay me the big bucks. And by that, I mean, eh, that's why I get paid. <laughs> that's a big I get paid by somebody to say that. <laughs> this is actually, this is a free appearance, so I didn't get paid. Checks in the mail. <laughs> they're, they're... <laughs> God. Uh, well, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, uh, everyone. As you know, Robbie Baker uh, works for WKRG News 5. He is one of their sports anchors with the famous... I mean, Randy Patrick, is that? Is Hall that of Famer, f- Mobile Sports Hall of Famer, Randy Patrick. Yeah, the Hall of Famer, Randy Patrick as well. Uh, so you can catch him on WKRG News at 5. We thank him so much. A second-time guest of the show. Robbie, thank you so much. Was it second time or like third, th- three and a half maybe? I don't know. Maybe I, it's three. I, I was. Something. Yeah, you might be a third time. Who knows? But Three and a half time guest, Ray Baker. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks again to Robbie. It's such a great interview. Great friend of ours. Um, thank you for coming on. Uh, if you've gotten to this point, you know where we are. We're on YouTube. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Twitter, at the OG Bench Boys. Give us a follow. Go ahead and hit the like button, the subscribe button. You know the drill. It's a YouTube channel. We got to say that. It's in the contract. Go ahead and do that. Follow us. Um, listen to us on our uh, podcast because we're every, we're on we're in audio form everywhere podcasts are found as well. Um you got anything else no i mean just another week and this is kind of the new normal for us as as well we're on youtube it's been it's been really fun we've had some pretty good interactions through youtube and you know just bringing video in uh has been really fun to finally get accomplished and i mean yeah back to the robbie interview i mean the guy i mean just it was really cool just to get to hear his perspective of somebody that's from the outside somebody who wasn't really a g5 guy to begin with and get to like hear what he kind of his expectations. Obviously, the fun belt, you know, uh, expectations are pretty high. Uh, but just to get to hear his perspective, and then what he's having to do in his career life. A lot of people, I mean, I know, and and he alluded to it. A lot of people are having tough times right now. First responders doing everything they possibly can. But then here, you know, in the journalism field, he talked about you know just the challenges of doing a daily show 
putting that together. You and me know that for, for the challenges that we have to face, but just him, when you're all, I mean, we're in news, we can, we still have content, but for a guy that all of his content was literally gone in a matter of probably like three or four days, just to get creative. And he's, he's one of those creative journalists. A lot of journalists are having to get creative and, and he's doing exactly that. So just to show a glimpse of what those people are having to do. So, I mean, give him a follow uh, on Twitter as well. He's got some great content over there and he's a great reporter, great journalist. And so we're, we're lucky to have him on and just, and, and have him be a friend of the show. He's, he's an awesome time. So uh, no, that's all I've got. Um, we've got a whole nother, Basically, if you haven't already, we have a whole other episode as well that aired this week that you guys can go tune into as well. It's a short, quick little episode, but it's fun. Uh, we talk about a lot of cool things. So keep in mind. It's probably, it's probably right there in the yeah. uh, one of these directions in the. Uh, I'm going to point that way, that way, that way. So yeah. I'm just going to point like a million different ways. So Thomas has to throw up a bunch of different things. <laughs> at, at some point, at some point, he's pointing in the right direction. So. You guys know what to do with it. Just come on back. <laughs>